0: And welcome back to the Illuminati Podcast, episode one hundred fifty six. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Dvorin, joined by the Calamity Jane and Wild Bill Hickok of L.A. Woo. Alex and Jesse. This should that should be the final <laughs> Wild West reference for a while.
1: I'm just surprised at your like depth and breadth of Wild West knowledge. It doesn't Google. gel with the rest of your slash
0: stuff. Wild West iconic duos. <laughs> you just love the what is it? The imagery, the romance. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I live in Texas now, so, like, that's all I, I'm bombarded with cowboy imagery, and I now dream of days where I could be herding cattle, having a stay-at-home wife milk them for me, and shoot people what? in the road if they
1: cross me once. What? Damn. Um, what? That's the life, baby. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the
0: Wild West life. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. All right. I <laughs> like how Alex is like, I'm taking... I'm going to take this from you now. Speaking of taking things from
1: people, head over to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash IlluminatiPod, where we will take money from you in order <laughs> to continue making the show with the quality that you like and what? the pace that you want. And in return, what do we give you? All kinds of great stuff. You know, episodes that go on beyond the the realms of the episodes that we do in the public eye. You know, there's a library of endless minisodes for you there. Not endless but it's, it, it might feel endless. Uh, and, uh, what else, what else do we have? Uh, Movies now. Yeah. yeah. We're doing movie commentaries. It's going to be a big blast at like two really soon. Get ready for that. And, uh, what else? Uh, art from Mel, the genius t shirts, t-shirts from other geniuses. Uh, Early access to everything we do. All kinds of good stuff. Ad-free episodes. That's right. You hate these commercials? Well, too bad. You're still listening to this one. But all the other <laughs> ones in the episode, they're not going to be there. So <laughs> patreon.com slash chaluminati pod, uh, a place that you can go.
0: You could also go to the yeti.com slash chaluminati because I got word that the plushies are about to be set free into the wilds. Uh, got the confirmation email. So if you haven't signed up for notification, please do it. Cause I'm feeling these things are going to go kind of fast. I, people have been like clamoring for these things. The minute we we kind of announced them. I love that the Eddie did like this found footage, little video for the Mothman uh, announcement. Can we I, I'm like, excited. Can we like
1: set aside a couple for the house? I want to, I need to make sure I buy one of those. I don't, I don't, well, don't want to get one. Don't you worry. We I don't want to miss out on this damn sale because I'm on the damn show I know that it's I'm true. not I don't have my shit together enough to like I'm jump on a sale I know that I'm I don't
0: trying to get the Patreon members like a 24 hour like window to get it before anybody else as well see if I can manage to make that happen I can't make any promises but I'm trying I'm and if trying you do, really hard if you do make that happen where would you be what, where, where Patre- would you find it yeah you would find it at patreon.com slash chaluminati pod I would make it uh, available to all tiers if we yeah. can get that to happen It's a great website. It is. It's the finest website, Alex. I love it. All right, boys, it's time. (laughs) This this initial what I thought was going to be a two-parter that ended up turning into a three-parter that forced its way into a four-parter. You did
1: like. (laughs) You like, OK, you were like, I don't know if I should just end this right now or here's three other fucking unbelievable things that you guys will <laughs> definitely want to hear. Should I do it or not?
0: OK, well, that that is going to continue today because uh, God, man, his life is fucking crazy. And we're going to continue with the story of Boone Helm. So in this final episode of the story of Boone Helm, a.k.a. the Kentucky Cannibal. We will observe with great interest Boone's extreme, extremely violent, and equally ridiculous last few years of his life, where even his very last moment of life, the last breath he lets out, seems to be tailor written for him by a Hollywood-like author. It's it fits too well, much like we said Tommy Patera's life almost fits to a movie. Boone Helms' life. Could either be, would be like a dark comedy, I feel like. If it was to be made into a movie, I think it would be like a dark serial killer kind of comedy with just how
1: like in is. Like a is. Coen Brothers movie?
0: Yes, sure. Yeah. yeah, like a Coen Brothers movie. They did that recent Adam Sandler one, right? What? No? What Adam Sandler one? Oh, the one where he was a serious. Uncut Gems. That's the one. That oh, Coen Brothers? No, that's the
1: that's the safety brothers. You were (laughs) you were there. You were there. I
0: was there were brothers involved. I just know there were brothers involved. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Brothers were involved. But uh, yeah, but before we before that, we actually must we got to rejoin Boone where we left last left him being run out of Salt Lake City by the very Mormons who just hired him as an assassin to kill two (laughs) Christian landowners. They believed were encroaching into their God given territory of the Comstock load mine, which was a recently discovered silver mine. What they assumed was a man who'd been so adept at killing that he'd never get caught ended up being a man who drew the shortest line between himself and his target before pulling the trigger and killing whoever was supposed to be put in the ground. And after Boone had returned back to his employers after gunning two men down in the middle of the street, expecting a hero's welcome, money, women, and a life of luxury, only did he find that he got run out of town because there were still laws in Salt Lake City and Boone didn't kill his targets quietly or subtly. And so after that, Boone was very quickly run back into the wilds of Utah.
1: Fucking Mr. X over here. Just dush, 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 <laughs> fucking <laughs> insane person. What did he
0: think? It was? what do you think the job was? <laughs> the job was to kill them. They just didn't give him explicit directions to do it subtly. So he's like walked a bit from Terminator
1: them. 2 when he doesn't <laughs> awesome. understand human slang. <laughs> yes, he just walked. In and yeah,
0: yeah,
2: he yeah. emptied his gun into all of them. Or, or, then... or Batman and Robin when he didn't understand human slang. out. <laughs> funny Jeez. because I Jeez. made of ice. <laughs> I am Mister Freeze. You <laughs> did.
0: I saw that movie in the drive-in with my family. It was I, a good time. Rem- that says a lot about you.
2: What? Wait, what does that say about me? You saw on the drive-in, it says a lot about, like, you had a quaint upbringing. I love that. I love that about you. <laughs> and a regular, your
1: regular beaver
0: cleaver.
2: Yeah, I think that's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, it was a typical <laughs> beaver cleaver lifestyle. So, with uh, Boone heading back into the wilds of Utah, we kind of fall into a sort of silent period with Boone Helm's known history. We know he survives, um, what? But what he does during this time in the wilderness is sort of unknown, though, from his history of how he survived before, I guess we can kind of deduce it wasn't really sitting by a campfire and singing Kumbaya. He was probably robbing, killing and eating whatever he could get his grubby little paws on. Damn. When. When Boone does license, (laughs) that's that's
1: my assumption. We don't fucking disgusting little mitts.
0: (laughs) Listen, I am just, you know, I picture Boone as like a wild man who doesn't actually ever bathe. His sticky little fingers. (laughs) When Boone does pop back up in history again, it's with an encampment of day night vigilantes waging war on the Ute Nation. It's highly unlikely that Boone stumbled across them and was able to work his way into their ranks naturally. So the assumption that historians have made about it is that Boone still had some allies left maybe amongst the Mormons who were able to put him into contact with these folk, assuming that their violent war and Boone's violent lifestyle would form kind of like an unholy union of sorts. And he'd maybe get like put on a path that was more suited to his just a violent unholy union. who
1: Who the fuck are these Mormons that are like, you know, brother, it is pretty cool that he did kill those two men.
0: I would say that's fairly badass. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, I like what is why would they still like him? I mean, like, only, this is heat.
0: all assumption. We don't have records. We just I don't you know, it's just like what people kind of are assuming. And but I like historically, I think we look at
2: as like culturally look at Mormons as like, you know, super nice, not drinking sodas, that kind of thing. But like historically, in order to claim their spot of land in the United States, Mormons like tore it up. They were yeah. like, you want to you? Wanna, no, it's our land. Now you get off. Or we'll kill you like that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, I guess which reminds me a, a small correction from last episode. I said that uh, Joseph Smith was still alive. He's dead at this point. Yes. He never made been, it to Salt Lake City. Yeah, he never made it. He got it, killed. Yeah. Did you not see Book in, like, of Mormon? a violent like village Did you not fight. see Book of Mormon when he got shot? I did not see Book not of Mormon, On his way to no. Salt
2: Lake
1: City.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. He got shot. That's yeah. I, I, I completely mixed that up. Please. <laughs>
1: you guys ever heard the Beach Boys song about Salt Lake City? No. No. It's uh, a little bit of a bummer. I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> Is that That's true? really okay. They're like, yeah. They're like Salt Lake
0: City. It's pretty. Uh, it's weak, man. It makes even, it. It doesn't sound fun. <laughs> even with, even with that small like little Salt note, Lake I can definitely City. hear the Beach Boys in that. You know, it's got that, that haunting, City. yeah, that haunting like carried tune. I don't like it. Check it uh, out. Check it out. <laughs> well, while he was with the, with the militia, uh, it seemed like the Mormons were right for a time that he did sort of fit this lifestyle. Alongside this militia, Boone would soon reinforce his already racist belief uh, beliefs with those who espoused loved for the Confederacy. And even when Boone thought himself surrounded by like-minded individuals, it would soon become apparent to all of them that even Boone was too cruel a man to keep around. Now, kind of a small trigger warning for some people uh, in the next bit of an explanation of what Boone was doing at this time. While it was common for the militiamen, after defeating a village of of Native people, to rape the Native women and pass them from man to man to, quote-unquote, improve their morale, Boone seemed to have a much bigger interest in torturing the women that found their way into his captivity. The soldiers noted that whenever a woman got passed off to Boone, there was little left for the next man to enjoy and oh. he mutilated them too much to be, uh, to beyond recognition. And this noted example in particular is why in last episode, I pondered if Boone actually was like the true definition of like a serial killer, one who does it more for, uh, for the pleasure aspects Kicks. rather than the impulsivity reasons. Um, moreover, yeah. if these stories are accurate, then Boone would seem to fall into a mixed category of process killer when he had the safety of doing so and product killer when time was short and his survival was more important. For those who don't know, a process serial killer is one who derives his or her sexual pleasure, usually sexual pleasure, from the process of brutally torturing and controlling their victims until they die. Well, a product killer is one who wants what comes after the kill. They don't take any pleasure in the actual murder. They want the body or the valuables or whatever it is that they're after afterward. Um, And my amateurish opinion, notably, obviously, is that Boone was wholeheartedly a process killer inside who was forced to be a product killer when the wilds forced him to be. Is it
2: possible to transfer between the two?
0: like yeah the, uh yeah that's what i'm yeah
2: have you I ever heard of jar jar binks <laughs> i mean just just the way that the wise the way that you <laughs> talk about it in the beginning is the things he does like he's already a brutal human being to begin yeah. with and he's clearly self-centered and selfish and mm-hmm. so the idea of him killing a person to eat them, to live to him makes sense because he's trying to stay alive and he's the most important person in that situation. And so all the things he does in order to stay alive in that initial thing is because like, I'm looking out for me. And is there a certain point perhaps while killing and eating or whatever, where you're just kind of like, I just murdered that person. Like that was wild. I kind of want to see what that was like. You know, like like that kind of thing where suddenly you're now like, oh, I'm into the intricacies of what just happened. Yeah. Like I cut that person's leg off and he was fine. He lived. So, but like, I agree. Can I and heard I think a person. Right, cause that, cause I th- you know what was I mean? fine.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Well, you're right, because a lot of serial killers do go through that ramp up situation. And almost always a serial killer's first kill is accidental or at least They've set themselves up to where it's so much easier for the accident to happen. And once, like you said, they have that happen, that that triggers that release, and they realize how much they love it. That's usually what triggers them falling into the phase of a true serial killer. And if we look at uh, Boone, you know, we look back at the first episode when he was a kid who had to be who, who would beat people to death and had to be pulled off. He was clearly enjoying the violence, even as a kid, of just the process of beating somebody ruthlessly and inflicting pain upon them. Mm. And if anybody got in the way, he went out of his way to go beat the people who pulled him off the person he was beating. Either that, or he was just like real dumb, like just really did not care. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's a huge part of it. I mean, he, again, he was getting into lots of fights. I'm sure he got knocked in the head a bunch of times too, which is, very typical for a killer. But yeah, Jesse. Yes. To kind of go round back to your point. Yeah. Killers can waft back and forth and discover new things about themselves when they make that first cross they first cross that line. And I do wonder if the first time he ate somebody or kept that guy alive, another like flip switched or switch flipped in his head. And now he had something new that he was like, I love this. Yeah, I mean, it's it,
1: it just
2: <laughs> the, the more I think about it, the more it seems like a guy who, when you talk about the way he suddenly was like, oh, "I'm going to torture people," it seems like in his mind, the torture is the experiment of like, "Oh, I I cut off that guy's leg and I was going to eat him a whole like, what are the pain thresholds? What is it like when mm-hmm. you do this? What it's like? You know, it seems in his mind like a totally normal thing to do because he's learning, right? But yep. in reality, it's like, you're a butcher, bro. You're terrible.
1: It's, yeah, it's also like for him less mean. about being a connoisseur and more just about like the power that comes from like the definite win that is killing someone. Well, you yeah, know no, I mean? it's, like, it's the same vibe as the like Nazi doctors who would
2: torture and hurt people in their mind. They're like. I'm doing this for science, but also I really like doing this, you know, like it's that they can justify it. Mangala is like such Mm a perfect
0: example of that.
2: Yeah. They can justify the terrible things they've done because in their mind, they're like doing it for a better
0: thing. But also this guy just kind of like enjoys it. He likes it. And it doesn't hurt that he constantly is getting away with everything. (laughs) He just keeps slipping through the cracks and he has no, no consequence for this man's actions. He's starting to feel invincible. But he's still within the militia. He's obviously extremely violent and too violent for the people he's working with to the point where eventually the militia removed him from a lot of the group's assaults and activities and would send him out with one other scouting partner for expedition scouting missions for days at a time just to get rid of him and just separate him from the army. Eventually, the solitude and lack of camaraderie got to Boone, and he decided to simply abandon his post one day and wander back into the wilds to head back toward Oregon, where the wistful memories of being a bandit king in the streets drew him like a siren song.
1: Ah, oh, I loved it when I used to be able to kill people and not get in trouble for killing people.
0: Literally like that. And not even that, like, but he missed like... The money and the power that came with it, not like being beholden to another army. Like yeah, yeah they probably felt already. like his fucking glory days vibes. Yeah, 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 bingo. That's exactly what it was. He was very wistful for his glory days, and for whatever reason, another you know feather in the cap of serial killers. He was able to convince his scouting partner to dip with him that very same day and bring him along on the trip to Oregon at all uh, with him, which also to me feeds into that. Boone is a very clearly a narcissist because he needs a a source. He needs a a supply to feed off of this man lives and dies by his reputation. He likes being seen for the monster that he is, which is why when the militia separated him, he's like, this sucks. Nobody's here like like being awed at how crazy I am or how all the stories he tells people when he goes into town. And so this guy, he was able to convince this guy to come along with him. And now he's got like a lucky number two that'll like worship him all along the way. (laughs) The bandit life suited them for a while until the winter once again began to settle in. And it seemed Boone had finally learned his lesson. The duo eventually made their way to a small outpost called Antler Creek, where they spent their ill-gotten gains on food, drink, and a warm bed while filling their ears with the local rumors which which miners passed through and how long ago. It's like one of those, like, you know, stop and sleep for a night or two and keep moving. Sure, It's here in Antler Creek that the two of them learned of a small French mining crew that had just passed through Antler Creek with a ton of gold dust, which is what the two of them were after, because gold dust was gold dust was worth a lot of money and way easier to carry than bars, nuggets and other things. And the crew was on their way to Quesnel Forks for the winter, along with another pair of miners heading the same way. And I think you're going to love these names by the name of Irish Tommy and W.T. Collinson.
2: <laughs> you know what? I didn't think Those you are... knew
0: better than Irish
2: Tommy, but when you broke out the W.T., I knew all bets were off. Those are like <laughs> Red
1: Deadiverse O.C.'s. Yes. They're like, <laughs> yeah. they're like a little bit too colorful cowboy character names. <laughs> <The> d <D&D> d <laughs> Cowboys names. Amazing.
0: Now Boone and his partner uh, knew of their next target and left before long to catch up with them before they got to Quesnel Forts. They wanted to Catch them and rob them before they've got to stow away and be safe for the winter. Unfortunately for the French crew being led by and by the man of the name of Sokolowski, uh, S-O- Sokoloski? Yeah, Sokoloski. Sokoloski was reading, uh, was leading the Frenchman crew. Yeah, My Sokoloski. name is Penis Sokoloski. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's French, Frenchman.
0: Though. Oh, no. OK, I'm out.
1: Yeah. Okay, so French. he wasn't French, it's but the over. other two
0: men in his crew oh, were French. Okay,
1: no, you're right. It's
2: me, penis. <laughs> Sokolowski, <Sokolos-ky. Sokolos-ky. laughs> And then it's two French guys. <laughs> like, is, is he yeah. a crazy name, no?
1: <laughs> well, unfortunately I, for I this don't crew. Speak English. So- I don't know. <laughs> Sokolowski was actually Sokolos- is the only the-
2: English name is Sokolovski.
0: <laughs> uh, Sokolowski was I keep interrupting you, sorry, No,
2: he's to- a bit he's no worry. He's not worried don't me.
0: Americans always interrupt my beats. (laughs) Sokolowski was actually the only one in the crew that spoke English. The two Frenchmen did not speak a lick of English.
2: Uh, uh, So that's because it's good. So they couldn't make fun of him for having the last name Sokolowski.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, more notably to Irish Tommy and (laughs) W.T. Collinson. They were extremely slow walkers. Irish Tommy mm. has a six
1: gun with a big green ju- yes. like diamond shamrock on the side. Yes, absolutely. And he wears. Yeah. And he wears like uh, extremely colorful clothes. He looks like an end game character. W.T. has a monocle. I don't care yeah. why or yes. how he has a monocle. He's like an oil baron in battle armor is what he is. <laughs> yes.
0: the fucking Borderlands boss. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sokolowski and his Frenchman crew were slow hikers, and they were ready to set up camp well before Irish Tommy and Collinson were. So and the the campsite that they chose, they was like drinks. Al- and the campsite that Sokolowski and the Frenchman crew chose was not safe, according to Irish Tommy out in the open, and they could still make more progress if they just kept marching. So Tommy and Collinson continued for three more miles before they set up their own camp themselves Way more hidden and way more safe. This would only spell doom for Sokolowski and crew because late at night, as they were winding down for the evening, Boone and his lackey walked into camp, guns ablazing. Ooh. All three of the men were killed along with all of their horses and mules. Whoa! Yeah, they didn't have any attempt at, like, words with these guys. What the uh, fuck Boone- is going on? Boone, Boone and his in his in we don't have a name for this guy, so we're just calling him Boone and his buddy. The sheer uh,
1: audacity of these motherfuckers.
0: Yeah, they pocketed as much of the gold dust as they could, but ended up with over thirty thousand dollars worth of gold dust and valuables that was just loaded on the mules and the horses and not wanting to stick around the crime scene for long because obviously it was a hot crime scene. They went and became a pirate with it. And they took the treasure off road and buried it a good ways away with the intentions of coming back for it weeks later. After all, the heat has died down around the fresh murders of three miners. That's like a As year's salary in today money. I know. And it was. Yeah, I'm curious what that was in like. Oh, man. Let's look real quick. $30,000. Yeah, $30,000. $30, $1850. We'll just say to now. Uh, that's over $1.1 million in, in cash basically is what we're looking at. That's, that's so much money. (laughs) All just buried on the side of the road. As for the bodies though, they didn't bother even hiding them. They just left them out, splayed open to rot in the wild only to be discovered the next day. And in fact, you can actually go see their graves. They're still marked to this day that the the people who were the three people who were killed by Boone Helm. Um, One of them was uh, Sokolowski, I think it was, was Jewish. So he couldn't be buried in the cemetery. So he got his own special grave and uh, he got his own special ceremony to bury him um, back then, back in that day in the 1800s. Irish Tommy and Collinson, however, only learned of the fate of these three men the next day. After they'd arrived in Quesnel as the three corpses were carted into town after they had arrived.
1: You know, maybe two I'm just were- dead in this in my soul now because of how much just utter despair has come from all these murders. That
0: makes me so happy,
1: you know. But I think that from now on, if you just made all the names this silly, that I would be less like it would be less of a bummer for me to sit through these like horrific tales if everybody's name was like fucking the Irish Tommy
0: and shit. <laughs> also, you know, it needs to be almost 200 years ago, you know, where there's been enough history and time between these horrific things that they just seem fantastical in nature. Obviously Irish Tommy and Collinson were worried the bandits who committed these murders might still be close or worse, still looking for them to find and rob them next. But the mysterious culprit, culprit wouldn't be mysterious for very long. Boone's own reputation was no longer working in his favor, and now the inevitable wave, but now having become the inevitable wave of his demise. Within hours, word of the infamous criminal and murderer Boone Helm having left Antler Creek, swathed its way into Quesnell, and the town very quickly mustered up a $700 bounty for the capture of Boone. Many assumed he'd head toward the water, and when the posse had been mustered, that's the direction they went. While Irish Tommy and Collinson made a decision to continue down the path they intended to try and put as much distance between them and Boonhelm as possible, purely out of fear. And they pushed for days, with no sign of Boone or his murderous companion the whole while. And as they had finally felt they'd put enough distance between them and the town... The muzzle of a double-barreled shotgun was shoved into Collinson's back while Boone's, voice, while Boone's voice grumbled, put your hands up. Tommy and Collinson were robbed. But in a very rare case when it comes to Boone Helm, their lives were spared. When they were finished robbing uh, both the, uh, Tommy and Collinson, Boone simply commanded, quote, get down and don't look back while, the two, uh, while Boone and his partner walked off. Collinson would go on to wonder or suspect that they may have been out of ammunition, but I'm not entirely sure about that knowing uh, knowing Boone's penchant for violent slaughter. Boone seemed to love to kill no matter what. So even if he was out of ammo, I wonder why he decided not to just like end their lives there, knowing Boone's history. Um, it's just curious that he got to live to tell the tale. So this uh, one of Boone's victims actually you know, we have firsthand experience with it. Coffee sip. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> the next time we know of Boone and his friend were when they arrived across the border from us to Canada in Victoria. you right, Just I, like I, fucking made it. The sky I, I just like got ask, out of it. <laughs> I need to ask. Yeah, this yeah.
2: I need to ask. I need to ask. Is there a Kentucky in Canada? Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kentucky, BC. Do you think, before we get to the end of this episode, that we will make our way back to Kentucky? I don't
2: think it's going to happen. I am <laughs> almost convinced it's not going to happen.
1: What about you, Alex? What are your bets? There's there's going to be some other reason that he's called Kentucky. It's going to like <laughs> end up at Kentucky Fried Chicken or something. The Kentucky shit. cannibal
0: <laughs> this is guy, so
1: far. He's going to like turn out to be the kill, the colonel or some shit like it's like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, uh, he kind of goes silent again after this robbing and he pops up weeks later in Victoria, Canada. Now it's here. His reputation had not quite yet caught up with him. And once again, the two of them had a place to rest, relax, and do their favorite thing, drink. And without skipping a beat, Boone fell back into old habits, running up a huge tab at the local saloon. And when the bartender came looking for the money Boone owed, Boone simply replied, quote, Don't you know I'm a desperate character? Oof. Get out this, of my
1: fucking face,
0: boss. <laughs> this, however, did not phase the bartender who simply sent a boy out to go grab a sheriff by the name of Blake. While the town themselves may not known, may not have known who the name Boone Helm was, Sheriff Blake had heard that's who was in town and knew of the rumors that followed that name. He knew he had a serious criminal on his hands. While he had known of Boone, he also had no evidence that would hold in court. So when he went to go arrest Boone, which he did, He could only legally hold Boone for three days before Boone was brought before a judge for his unpaid bar tab. And Blake (laughs) did the only thing he could think of doing. And he sent men out. He sent men out across the border to see if they could get a proper extradition request from the USA to hopefully get Boone in proper custody and put away for life. What over that? (laughs) Well no they he, he not over the unpaid tab the the sheriff knew of Boone's history he just had no oh, they evidence. Were trying, so this of, is like
1: they're trying to bring down Capone.
0: They're like, yes. well, you know
2: what? We'll just taxes. Just
1: get him in prison they're Trying to bring down Capone, except it's just like a fucking dumbass. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy.
0: This is crazy. He has, no, he has no evidence of crimes in Canada. He knows of the rumors because the rumors have made their way from tr- from traders and miners there across rumors, the border. All
2: right. There's rumors of this man going around doing terrible stuff. And everyone's just yeah. kind of like, you know what? Invite him into town. Maybe he'll kill some people for us. The locals hadn't
0: heard of it. The sheriff had like the locals weren't really aware of Boone oh at this point. Oh my God, you also got to keep me this is the Wild West. News travels way slower than it does now. And only like you don't know what's rumor and what's not. People are making up shit about themselves all the time to sound way more badass than they actually are. Uh, well, that hasn't changed. Do. That shit's still ex- going on. Exactly. <laughs> humans oh are being God. humans 200 years later. And so we had three days. He had three days. He sent out men on horseback hoping to let the U.S. know, hey, we've got Boone Helm, this guy who's murdered a ton of people. Do you Give us an extradition request and he's yours because they got to do it legally. And for three days, Blake sat and watched Boone rot in his cell, who had quickly gotten himself a lawyer under promise of a big payday when he was released, and his lawyer, and Boone's lawyer went by the name of Mister Bishop. Once <laughs> I can't. Mister mm, Bishop.
2: Most, this is the most well-written story <laughs> I've ever heard in my entire it's life. It's fucking stupid. It's insane <laughs> to me. You think it's better than Tommy Pateras? Uh much better. Uh, Tommy wow. Pateras was great, but this story. <laughs> it's got character
1: names. It's got Tommy Patera like, had to work. He was disciplined. He had <laughs> skills. He, they, it makes sense why he was yeah, so he's successful. Like, trained to be a killer. He, worked, he spent his life becoming a murderer. This guy <laughs> just was like <laughs> <laughs> This guy <laughs> <game laughs> comically failed up to serial killer. <laughs> like, it's hard.
2: <laughs> it's impossible to think that this guy got as far as he did. This guy sucks.
0: It's <laughs> crazy history tried to, to me. forget this man for a reason, I think. I'm trying to forget uh, this man. <laughs> so once those Lord. three days were over <laughs> and men had not returned from the. US with an extradition crew request, he was brought before a judge. Blake, empty-handed beyond the crime of an unpaid tab, uh, and with the blustering arguments of Mr. Bishop, Boone was essentially given the harshest punishment he could receive for money owed. He was stuck in jail for four weeks unless he paid a $50 bond. That's all it took. The funny part was, Boone was fucking broke. He had spent everything he had in town on drink and women and was unable to pay the $50 bond while his lawyer slowly came to the realization that he had no money to pay him. And now, <laughs> And now, though, Sheriff Blake received a reprieve. He had four more weeks to hear back from the U.S. for extradition, and he'd finally had hope that they would have enough time to get Boone properly behind bars. During this time, Boone would be put on a chain gang and sent to work mining and chipping away at rocks and shit for four straight weeks. And those four weeks came and went. And on the last day, Blake had to hand back every weapon Boone had had confiscated from him and watch him strap all of his arms wow. back on this and is watch absolutely as, insane and watch as Boone left town a free man come with on. nigh a word from the u s for come extradition on
1: <laughs> eventually, however,
0: crazy, Sheriff Blake would hear word, and it was exactly what he had hoped and expected. It was a letter for extradition that found its way into Blake's lap three days after Boone had been sent free. This is like
2: the God, end of usual suspects. This is yeah. insane to me, though. This is like...
0: He's the luckiest <laughs> idiot that ever lived. I can't believe this. Guy sucks. And it keeps going. Because during those four weeks of chain gang imprisonment, Boone had been put... Uh, who had, had became very close friends with another man by the name of dirty harris cool no
1: (laughs) cool a
0: real dirty harris became extremely close didn't we talk about Dirty harris Harris already a little bit i I teased about him in the end of last episode because i was going to just blast through this right um dirty harris was so close with boone that he considered boone his brother at the end of their imprisonment together they were released on the same day and met up outside of town where Boone (laughs) learned that Dirty Harris was the owner of a pack train that had been kept running while he was locked up. Not wanting to leave his newfound brother behind, Boone was actually able to travel on this train with him, planning to head back to Antler Creek to unbury the $30,000 in valuables that were waiting for him. (laughs) But unfortunately for Boone, he wouldn't be able to cross the border before running into a familiar face. W.T. Collinson. Yo, get W.T. <laughs> Collinson was in Sumas, which is a part of Canada. And instead of keeping his head down this time, like he did last time and leaving, this time Collinson alerted the authorities. And the British put together a hunting crew to go out and arrest Boone for proper extradition to the U.S. And so Boone was immediately forced again. Into the wilderness from the train, unable to spend time in the town, and this time he planned to go alone. But Dirty Harris would have none of it. <laughs> <laughs> Boone was <laughs> sorry. But Dirty, uh, Har- you can't keep saying Dirty Harris. I can because I like the name. But Dirty We've got Harris. Littleberry. Shoot. Dirty ahead. Harris. Make Irish Tommy. Afternoon. W. T. Collinson. <laughs> uh, to, to Dirty Harris, Boone was his brother now. And if that meant leaving his owned, his well-owned train behind, then so be it. And after all this time, Boone still had no idea how to survive in the wilderness. And now he was leading Dirty Harris to live in the wilds. I fucking hate this guy, dude. He sucks. (laughs) Once again, history loses touch with Boone at this point. The next time he pops up is weeks later. Toward the end of the British attempts to find him as they were days as they were days away from ending their hunt they stumbled on a, p- a familiar sight to us at this point a thin malnourished exhausted boone whose clothing hung from his limbs and with dirty harris nowhere in sight <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> much like before <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> much like before boone simply gave himself up willingly and when asked about where his partner was, he replied, quote, why do you suppose that I'm fool enough to starve to death when I can help it? I ate him up, of course. No. I don't even know what to
1: say. This guy just never. He got his cake and he ate that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's name. It had a name. That cake. And he ate it. It was. It was. The only thing think was the, the, only the thing best that would, tasting of those he ate. The the uh, little berry. He eat little berry.
0: Oh, he did. He, didn't, <laughs> he, he, he just murdered him. Yeah, he ate the uh, the miner that he shot from the hill. The, Remember the, the guy the, he just shot yep. in the head. Yeah, uh, and and then he ate Burton, and then he ate Dirty Harris. Oh yeah, Burton. Burton's a survivor. Burton's got a lot of meat on his bones. Yeah, yeah. He really wanted to preserve Burton. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Dirty Harris became meal number three. Um, We will never know if he got to do what he wanted to do with Burton, where he kept him alive over the course of days. We don't know if it was similar, like where maybe Dirty Harris just died in an accident and he just didn't let the corpse go to waste. Like, we don't know. He never, Boone never elaborated on what happened beyond that because basically from this point on, uh, Boone once again gave himself up. He didn't resist. He assumed that, you know, this was it. He was done for if he didn't give himself up because he was in the wilds. And Boone was actually finally 100 percent caught. And the U.S. was going to extradite him back where he would live out the rest of his days, rotting in a prison and likely hung. If you tell me
1: that this motherfucker breaks out of prison and eats a man named Kentucky, I'm walking off of the show. No, <laughs> Alex, don't put that out there. No,
0: I'm walking I, off of the show. If you I didn't did, even if think eats, about
2: that. Oh no! If he eats a man
0: called Kentucky, Kentucky. I'm gone. <laughs> Little did you know, I hid the title from you, and that it's two separate words. It's a proper noun. Um, Kentucky. For the next few weeks, through horseback and train rides. Uh, Boone was watched over by a bunch of guards, but one singular one who, much like the guards from before, kind of grew friendly with Boone, sharing cigarettes, swapping stories, drinking whiskey. But unlike the one from the mental facility, he never felt the need to take off Boone's handcuffs or give him an iota of freedom because Boone's reputation was so well known at this point. And so through horseback and ferry, Over the course of weeks, Boone's Boone did end up being extradited back to the U.S. into Port Townsend, where it was to be his final home among many other criminals. In fact, the prison within Port Townsend was notoriously overfilled with way more prisoners than the guards could reasonably keep track of and watch over something Boone noted instantly. Come on. (laughs) Just wait. Within days, Boone had acquired himself a knife and spent each night digging away a small secret tunnel just under where he slept. (sighs) Eventually, Boone was able to slip out, and it would be three days before they even noticed he was missing, and a whole extra day before they found and realized there was a hole hiding all under the rags shoved into the corner. Of his room.
2: <laughs> I, he out Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I just. I can't. I don't know. I don't know how of, to. I don't know how to. I don't know how to like respond to this. The man. <laughs> he's not a good man. But hell has he led a life. Holy shit. <laughs> I can't get over it. it the, there's more. This song there's keeps more, happening. Boys, there's more. This
0: there's is so, the gambler. Not dude. so much more. This is we're, the song The Gambler in a person. No it's what? This is The Gambler. The gambler. Yeah. This is we're barreling toward the end of the story here, but there's still more to go. Now, How? not only had he dug a tunnel under his own cell walls, the tunnel extended past the building and under the exterior prison walls as well. How, like, bro? It was a huge tunnel. So clearly, his mining experience gave him a little bit of know-how to get him out of there. And apparently, according to the to the records, the tunnel was. Super tiny, like only he could have fit through. Like, I imagine it was one of those ones where he didn't need to, like, let his breath out. And he's just, just what fuck the fuck, it. dude? <laughs> it's nuts. Um, and Boone was once again a free man. And with four days head start, the prison decided that there was no way, even on horseback, that they were going to be able to catch up to him and so they let him go. I hate this. And guy. you have to keep in mind too. At this time, I believe I'm correct. You feel free to email me at gmail.com <laughs> to let me know I'm wrong. Yeah. But I believe at this time it was still legal. Like it wasn't like an extra criminal offense for prisoners to attempt to escape because freedom was like a natural impulse of man, according to well, what? like the law. Yet. I, 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 we can do a quick Google. I, that, that's, I don't know if that's correct. Or I, like you know at this what? time. He wanted was it bad to enough and he got out. Prison legal. God bless long you. Ago. <laughs> you know what? He,
2: it's not a natural state to be in prison. So I don't blame him for trying to get out. But I'm going to let you know. He got I'm out. telling you it used to be
0: legal. He that got got out like, good. God bless uh, him. In the US. I'm now, I'm like, I have to look that up now. You wanted but it
1: bad enough and he did it.
0: <laughs>
1: Eventually it became a felony. If he could oh,
2: himself. He could do anything.
1: I say, God bless him. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> but
1: now, guess what?
0: Boone's back what? in the wilderness. <laughs> Boone's back, baby. Boone is back in the wilderness. And as far as we know, Boone once again took up to his normal shenanigans of being a robber and murderer surviving yeah. in the wilds for the best, the, as best as he well, could.
1: as you would, Please. as you would,
0: of course, as you would. <laughs> <laughs> but Boone had become much more paranoid as the past months and years had gone on. And instead of being more confident about approaching wild, uh, I was going to say wild bandits, approaching bandits out on the roads or attempting to murder somebody and take their camp, he hid, never using a fire to warm himself at night or cook food, finding small hidden away enclosures, or uh, or more particularly, sleeping under haystacks of uh, fields he found on his travels. Eventually, his wandering would find him out in Florence, and not a lawman, not a bounty hunter as he worried, but a rancher stumbled across poor old Boonhelm. Who at this point, popping up in history again, looked malnourished, exhausted, and beaten from trying to survive in the wilds by himself for God knows how long. And that man's name was Ken Tucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, though that would be amazing if it was. No, this man's name was Mr. Brandian. Say that again? Mr. Brandian. Brandian. Be- B-R-A-N-D-I-A-N. Oh, he's a Vulcan. (laughs) Yes, he's a Vulcan. Correct. Brandian. Uh, Brandian. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Mr. Brandian was the man that kind of like stumbled across him and uh, saved him. He felt pity for him and offered him a retreat. Mr. Brandian took Boone under his wing back to his huge ranch, and it's here Boone realized Mr. Brandian was extraordinarily wealthy. Not only that, but he had a respect for people who were the uh, what you would call a cowboys, I suppose. Warriors of the Wild West. People who sought and appreciated their freedom more than anything else. Cool. And for that, he enjoyed Boone's company. He offered Boone a soft, warm bed. They played cards every night for weeks swapped stories, drank expensive brandy and whiskey, and genuinely enjoyed each other's company. <laughs> Boone was living in the lap of luxury, all because a rancher stumbled across him <laughs> while he was uh, cowering in in a, uh, in, in a what do you call it, a hate stack I fucking over hate the course guy, of a dude. night. <laughs> this is the part that blows me away. The most of his story is that through all of this, he then stumbles across a, what is essentially a multi millionaire. And uh, it's nuts that he was able to even just uh, like, he, it doesn't sound like he smooth talked this rancher. It simply seems like the rancher was like, had respect for this guy. And that was the, that was really the end of it. Um, it's, it's kind of nuts. But that wouldn't last long because Boone grew bored after some time. (sighs) Grew bored. This is the part, this is the part that kills me. And this is the part another example, in my opinion, that points to Boone just being a serial killer. Because he was completely safe. This man had no intention of turning him over to the law. He enjoyed, like I said, he enjoyed spending nights with Boone. Everything about Boone's company. He liked, and this was this was very, very strange to Boone. Uh, again, he had some of the best food, best drink. He could have anything he want, and this guy never asked him to work once. Come on. He literally just wanted Boone to hang out, and that's all, all he wanted. But there was too much temptation. Oh. He could have all of this. I hate this guy. And too much hate-
1: temptation for
0: what? That's what i was saying. Wa- Boone, Boone saw all of this and decided he could have it. This could be you all. You already did. His. You oh already my did have god. it. He was
2: living in the life. Oh my god! <laughs> this is like hearing like I ran all these KFCs, but you know what I needed? Murder! Like bitch, you had everything you needed. Ah, it's <laughs> so frustrating. Oh my god.
0: Uh, dude, uh, I can't wait. There's still some more to go. How? So, <laughs> How after is the, this man after still alive night, and taken? After a night of <sighs> drinking and playing cards, after the rancher went to bed, Boone grabbed his Bowie knife snuck into the man's bedroom straddled him and pressed the boot the Bowie knife against the man's neck and slid it from side to side Why, killing him dude kill, killing the man in his own bed with a pool of blood building underneath god yeah. damn he just murdered him he just murdered him for no there was at least it's interesting again another interesting thing to look at it's interesting because Boone at least as far as we know has kind of rationalized most of his murders. I had to eat or I had nothing else or I had no money or I needed a horse. Everything was rationalized in some way. This one seemed completely out of nowhere. And this seems like to me, as somebody who's like really read a lot about serial killers, is when a serial killer has their cool off period after they have gotten a kill, you know, they kind of put it away. The urge is done. But eventually the urge rises back and it becomes an uncontrollable itch for these people. And it seems like, no matter how good his life is, this man needed to kill. It was just something he enjoyed and something he liked to do. Right. Uh, and so and so he did. And he pocketed as much as he possibly could, took a horse and rode off into the wilds again. <laughs> and off he went. And, uh, you know, when you kill somebody that famous and that rich, it doesn't take long before the authorities end up figuring it out. And soon in another posse was sent out to look for Boone, a man whose reputation followed him, a man whose known, uh, whose known escape from the prison had become more common knowledge, and a man who had been supposedly seen wandering in this territory uh, from rumors. And they eventually caught him again. And then, but off. he was
1: greased. And so he slipped out of their hands. <laughs>
0: And And down into a pile of of bacon and, uh, and shelter. And off to prison, he got taken again. This time with the intent of hanging from the gallows at the end of his trial. But Boone had one last trick up his sleeve. His last card, he knew he could only play once and then it would be useless again. Remember, Boone had siblings, many of them. And over the years, he did attempt to keep contact with those he found at least valuable. And one of the ones he kept regular contact with was his older brother, who had become rather successful, owned his own mining company and had quite a bit of money. His brother went by the name of Old Tex. Dude. (laughs) Tex, man. Old Tex. Old Tex, baby. O-L-E Tex.
1: It's like you teased the names and then they ended up being fucking exactly what they sound like, both of them.
0: (laughs) Well, Boone sent out a letter to his brother, Old Tex, telling him that he needed to head to Florence to get him out of this jam before the trial started and that he'd been in a lot of trouble and he wanted to try and turn his life around. And like a dutiful brother, Old Tex responded, arriving in Florence with his own small posse of people a month before the trial was even scheduled to happen. And Old Tex threw a ton of money, built one of the best legal teams that he could in the area, and through a lot of uh, a lot of arguing and and, uh, courtroom shenanigans, he was actually able to get Boone out of prison. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, uh, he was, I don't, it's like, it's nuts that he, but you want you know, to know why? He wanted it bad enough, so we just gave it to him. He, no, he did what, he did what, honestly, in a, any Hollywood script would do. He came with a ton of money and he greased a ton of palms. He paid off officers, judges, old Tex. just paid everybody off with all the money he had made from owning a very valuable piece of land early on in his life. And all the people paid off meant no witnesses showed up for Boone's trial. Nobody was able to testify against him. And by the end of the trial, they had no choice but to let Boone go. Money literally scooted through Boone. And Boone had promised his brother that he would return to Idaho with him, work the mines, become an honest man. And with the money he would earn, he would buy himself his own piece of land and reintegrate himself back into old Texas family. He'd be able to be his brother again. And when they were on the road only a few days in, what do you think Boone did but leave?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: This motherfucker, dude.
0: He had no interest in being with anybody. He wanted to be alone. He wanted to be wandering the woods, doing the only thing he cared about. Robbing and killing people. single player video games. Literally, this is all he wanted. And this pissed off his brother, where his brother Essentially said, uh, forget it. Like he, 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 no longer from that point on. Like refused to speak about Boone for a long time because Boone basically used him for everything he had just to escape, only to go back to his bad habits once again. Come on, he went back to the roads, being a bandit heading over to the border into Montana where he hoped to find new opportunities and new horizons to rob new people anew and build another wealth uh, to his own Montana. name. He was, yeah, Montana, the land of riches and promises. And there he was able to build a small reputation for himself. Eventually, however, Boone, his own reputation got him notified. A group called the Innocents Working within Montana, an organized crime group had gotten word Boone had made their way into town. Come on. The leader of the Innocents. Boba Fett. Nobody. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. No, no. The, the leader of innocent. the Innocents, who nobody actually really knew except for the higher ups, wanted to have an interview with Boone. They sent a messenger sending a cryptic location and time to meet. And that's where he would they would uh, the, the head of the Innocents would meet with Boone, have an interview with him and essentially decide if he would offer Boone the opportunity to join the Innocents or not Innocents. in this part of Montana fucking Star Wars well rebels, known, right? In, in this part of Montana, it was well known the Innocents were really the word, uh, the law of the road that they always were able to skirt past the law or if they were in jail, they always ended up getting out way sooner than they should have. And getting to deal with and, and uh, basically poaching innocent ground, which is what Boone was doing, robbing people on their, like, in their territory. What the is shit? what got their attention. He had no idea because he's just Boone. And he's just like, I'm robbing, I'm killing. He's like, he's applying without realizing he's applying for a position. And so Boone, out of curiosity, figured hey, why not? Let's see what this is all about. And when he arrived for the meeting, this is where Boone learned that the head of the innocents was actually the sheriff of the town.
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. We do things oh. a little differently around here. <laughs> Come on. His name, his name
0: was Henry Plummer. Okay. That's like the most normal name <laughs> in the whole
1: fucking story. Yeah,
0: so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, he, uh, he, he was the head of the innocents, and essentially he gave boon two options he could join the innocents and work for him or he could walk a free man with the implication that he wasn't going to be allowed to walk a free man oh shit! because the sheriff was going to either take him in as a prisoner for being a murderer and make it look good for him or get him to work for him and make and the plan his initial plan was to make Boone like his enforcer to go out and like break knees and shit um and Boone accepted. And for a while, he worked as his enforcer. (laughs) He went out, broke legs, got extremely violent, and basically took care of the more violent jobs that the innocents needed to get uh, get done doing. But eventually, as Boone always did, he crossed a line and killed somebody he wasn't supposed to. And this would be the actual final time Boonhelm was arrested. He was not getting out of this one, especially with the head of the innocents being in charge of the law of the area. Except he did. (laughs) And maybe to your, your pleasure, he did not He did not actually fucking finally. Jesus Christ. He spent, he spent six months in prison waiting for his trial, which eventually did happen. And his sentence was to be sent to the gallows. On the day of his execution, it wasn't being done by any professionals. Where the town was that he was being held didn't have proper gallows. So they made makeshift gallows for the three of them, (laughs) put them on boxes, and one at a time were kicking the box out from each one of them. My God. The first one wasn't Boone. And as they kicked the box out, the neck didn't snap. And for 15 to 20 minutes, according to records, he struggled and strangled, dying a slow agonizing suffocation Jesus death. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> the next one, however, was supposed to be Boone. Now, uh, I uh, the first one, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. It's a character I mostly skipped over because it's not important. But the first man who got killed, his name was Three Finger Jack. Just because
1: it had to be. Well, right? yeah, I mean, so, he's obviously. an extra from a fucking pirate movie. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Boone, however, was having none of that. He had no interest in having a slow, agonizing death. And so when and so when it came time to kick the box under, Boone simply shouted, kick away, old fellow. It's my turn next. I'll be in hell with you in a minute. And then followed up with, <gasps> every man for his principles hurrah for jeff davis davis let jeff her rip. bezos
2: <laughs> yeah, i jeff swear to bezos. god i thought that's what you just said i was
1: like jeff bezos
0: he was the first davis. time traveler <laughs> and he is Hur- me <laughs> hurrah for jeff davis let her rip and he jumped off of his box his neck immediately snapped jesus but in a final act that can only be that can only be written i said by hollywood as his body swung back, he knocked the third prisoner off of their box and not hard enough where his neck snapped and the third prisoner got sent off his box Jesus and for 20 Christ. minutes was forced to strangle and struggle the decks because Boone's body Even swung death, back. Even
1: in upwards. <laughs> Unreal. And that guy's name was Ken Tucky. <laughs> so, so in the end...
2: Why is he called the Kentucky cannibal? Because that's where he was born.
0: That sucks. (laughs) That sucks. But boys, that is the end of the tale. Oh my god. I love Kentucky cannibal.
2: Wow, that was an adventure that I didn't know that I needed, but holy shit, I'm so glad we went on that adventure.
1: I can't believe you were like not gonna do a whole other episode.
0: What a, I was, yeah, I was mostly going to skip through his malicious stuff, the uh, dirty Harris stuff, because, the, but you know, I, you know, I'm glad you wanted more. It was unfucking believable. All that. Shit. I, I, I love his man. Something about his death is like the fir- perfect note for just a man who failed into, like you Honest said, to upward God. and into success, his whole life. And at the very end, even in his own death, he just took somebody out in I the can't worst possible way.
2: Believe that he pulled that. I. <sighs> This guy sucks. This guy sucks so bad. Yet everything about him is like comically amazing. Like it shouldn't. (laughs) The things that happen to him shouldn't happen to people. And yet here we are like, yep, this guy was a terrible person. But here's another wacky adventure. He went on and you're just
1: like, oh, my God. And he, when I got to How? the point
0: in the research where I, it was just like, he dug out of prison. Are you kidding me? Like he In the exact like a- same
1: way that Clint Eastwood did in fucking Escape from Alcatraz?
0: <laughs> the exact <Yeah>. same way? <laughs> oh, man. But again, it's so interesting because he's such a fascinating character, but he's a nobody in history. Like he doesn't make a splash because- he didn't, like, he didn't shift do anything. the way America saw, like, itself, like Billy the Kid did, or wasn't romanticized in any way. Right. He was just a monster who couldn't be caught. Well, well, He's he the boogeyman. There's nothing the romantic about chance, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like, yeah, that's true. People yeah, to have point. the
2: idea that, like, something somewhere Cause causes like good things to happen to good people and bad things to happen to bad people and like that kind of thing. And in his story, he's a bad person that incredibly good things happen to repeatedly. And it's such, and, but he doesn't like he's every time he has an opportunity to better himself, he squanders it. And I think that is another reason why people are like F that guy. And he's like, not talked about because <laughs> I, it's, it's, there's no moral to be gained from his life. He just kind of sucks.
0: Again, the the fact that he got taken in by this rich rancher who was willing to give him, let him live in the lap of luxury. He was like, fuck it. And he's like, that was fun. Slit his throat. Take what I can. Back into the wilds I go where I belong. And it's every, the, the, the image of like every time Boonhelm went into the woods with anybody and then he was only ever found by himself every time. Just like scrawny and dying. How many, like he went into the woods four or five times and was found scrawny and dying almost every single time. It's Nuts, but I'm so glad we did that story. I did not think we would get like a four-parter out of it. That was super fun. Uh, thank you guys so much for for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Next week, we'll do something lighter. And uh, the, the next big topic I'm going into, kind of just to give a teaser, is stay in the realm of true crime, but not do a serial killer. I'm going to revisit something we did in the, in our, the, the, the 20s. Episode 26, the I think it was. No, no. Episode 26, four years ago. I think I really am ready to properly revisit missing four one one in a way that I just I didn't have the resources to tackle. Yeah, way back my mom in was just talking to
1: me about this episode like today. Isn't yeah, I didn't redo
0: episode. I want to re talk about missing four one one. I want to do a much deeper dive on it. So that's going to be something I'm going to be working on for a while. But next week we'll do something way more light, way more fun. Maybe Alex will do something. I don't know if he's got he'll be able to. Maybe oh, Jesse will I've bring something.
1: I've definitely got some stuff on the on the burner we'll see we'll see what happens yeah. i'm i'm oh, life
0: is crazy you guys yeah no shit man I, i'm with you yeah. but uh we're off to go do a minisode on patreon.com slash Chilluminati pod where uh you can get all kinds of fun exclusives and maybe just maybe you'll get an exclusive sale for the mothman plush before anybody else gets them maybe <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> maybe. Maybe, go- maybe okay goodbye everybody Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, Holy shit, get out of here! So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.